When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week-free trial of the fitness app yet? Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs. Custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime. No equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to the fitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. All right, team. Today's conversation is with Dr. Becca Levy, PhD. And uh, this woman is a badass. So we're talking about her new book, Breaking the Age Code, how your beliefs about aging determine how long and well you live. So you guys know, obviously, I wrote a book about aging, and I've had a host of experts on from all different fields of medicine to talk to us about aging well, right? I mean, and what's crazy is, yes, I think about it now in my 40s, but I wish to hell that I had thought about it in my 20s. Jesus let alone my thirties, right? Like that's when we really should start thinking about these things. And I was saying just, I was telling Cindy just last night, I, I, God, one more thing had gone on in life, you know, just one more thing that happens that I could have avoided had I known then what I know now, right? Like, what would you go back and do? If you could go back and tell your younger self anything, it's like, how about the younger me from six months ago, let alone the younger me from, and, and the thing of it is that like the sooner we start to listen and change the way we think, the better our future is going to be personally, professionally, and physically. So what I love about Dr. Levy's new book is that it isn't about like, oh, the minestrone from the Blue Zones, which is fantastic, by the way. I love Dan Buettner. And that book is wonderful. And the recipes are amazing. Um, It's about the way you think. 
It's about the way society thinks and how that impacts the way that we age greatly, obviously for better or for worse. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I never thought about, she has these, these kind of biases that she talks about, not kind of these biases that she talks about in the book. Uh, and she's got a great quiz, by the way, that you guys should consider taking on her website. It's Becca, B-E-C-C-A dash Levy, L-E-V-Y dot com. And you can really look at your own beliefs about aging. And there are so many myths and misconceptions, but what's ironic about these things is if you believe them, right, you make them happen. You manifest them. Yeah. It changes yeah. the way that we behave, um, let alone the way that we think and the way that we feel. And I know that like, you're dealing with it with your mom. Yeah, watching your parents age is a perfect oh, example shit. of like, oof. Especially, I mean, they they really didn't seem to be aging <laughs> at all. It reminds me of that of the Aquafina movie, The Farewell. And I had heard the, I'd heard like a podcast on the story, and it's where her grandmother is doesn't get the diagnosis the the grandmother's sister is given the diagnosis that the grandmother has terminal cancer and they decide oh, not, to, not tell to tell her incredible and she doesn't die <laughs> oh, shut up no and this is a true story it's a true story it's in china and they didn't tell they told her no no it's fine you're going to be fine and she didn't die because it, it she didn't she wasn't told you were going to die Oh my God. I, That's so crazy. I, I really believe in that. It's a true story. It's a true story. Oh, you That's got, crazy. That's what this whole yeah. book is about, right? It like is. what you it's, think. What you think manifests itself in, in reality. This woman talks about the way that, how the way that you think affects your genetics, which I can't wait to question her on because it's like, well, how? How? Magic? In a culture, by the way, where ageism is rampant. Yeah. Good God. Like, I don't know. I wish I could remember, by the way, what my beliefs were about people who were older when I was younger. I remember looking up to them. So do I. Admiring them. Respecting wanting, them. Yes. And wanting to like achieve what they achieved and having these icons. And now it's like, get out of the way, you know, we're, we're here and like, it's your turn's done. And it's very, maybe I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm jaded. Katy Perry used to talk about how she wished Madonna would kind of pass the torch. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. Madonna had that seat and then Madonna did collaborations with younger artists and still does. Well, yeah. you like Madonna or not. Um, right. well, and why should you give up? Why should you give up? Because you're, you're, getting older it doesn't that doesn't make sense there it's to me it's like it, even if i didn't agree with what an elder was saying i took it in i listened i took away whatever i could from it and I, but i didn't need to fight them on it or try to change their their ways of thinking unless you know it was something i felt i could enlighten them on right but yeah. now it's like Oh no, you can't talk to me that way. It's like, okay. See the, the, I wonder if you see the value, like in what comes with age, we're yeah. losing the respect 
for the value of what comes with age. Yes. And I, I think about how much I could teach a 20 year old to keep them from so much pain. And then you're like, well, you know, like, again, last night I was thinking about this. It's like, do, do you, you you can't really deprive people of the lessons they need to learn. But at the same time, it's like smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. If I could grab a kid and be like, listen, holy shit, let's talk about legal advice. (laughs) (laughs) You want to have some bad business problems? Get a bad attorney. Don't get second opinions. You know, make sure you have a lit, like all these are huge mistakes. Have a litigator look over everything. Know what you are signing and make them go through a page by page. Like I thought about all the mistakes that I've made that I would love to grab some kid and just be like, okay, you're so young. Like around the corner here, there are dragons. Don't go that way. (laughs) And I think about all of the things that I could teach now with all of these mistakes that I've made and all of the value and strength that I have now that I didn't have five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But society doesn't see it that way. It's really weird. They don't. Like we we have a horrendously bad meeting with it's so bad. And I, I, I was surprised at how bad it went. Whereas it, it just was like, you could tell that they're like, they had zero respect for me at all. Like did not like me. And I think the only reason they were like these three kids that took the meeting and they took the meeting because a person on the board was like, I think you should take the meeting. Right. So they took the meeting, but I was like, Oh, fuck, this is not going well. You know, it was everything that I thought that it was instead of being like, oh, she brings all of these, like, you know, all of this expertise and all of this, like fitness. She's the, she's sold more workouts. She's the best at what, nope. It was like, oh, she's, you know, we don't want any part of that old mentality of like, we don't touch weight loss. It's like, oh God, you know, board member told them to do it. Now they feel obligated to just say you were wrong. It was, it was, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They weren't at all rude. It's just, you could tell. I knew I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it's just, instead of looking at it as like, wow, this woman knows everything about at-home workouts and how to make them successful. I mean, I've sold more home workouts than any human in history, right? Yeah. I could probably help you not just with my work but with creating content and you could tell there was zero it was like i'm here because i have to be we want nothing to do with you we see no intersection of these two brands whereas yes we took other meetings that went completely different right um but the the people were older they're my age yeah they were my age so we took a couple of meetings just to see like is there is there a thing with the fitness app where we could have a partnership with somebody else. Right. And the people that were older, the meetings went great. And it's like, let's see if there's a way to make this work. And like, this is very interesting. And how could these two think this meeting went bad and they were yeah. younger, you know, and it just, you could, it was like a was a waste of a meeting from go. <laughs> and it's such a shame because you could tell that there was already a stigma going into it, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And I think that that's, that's really what this is all about. This book is about how we think about aging and how it impacts the way we age. So I'm going to stop talking and let's get uh, Dr. Levy on to teach us a thing or two. So we live to 110 and they can feel fantastic. All right, team, you know, I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, that fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand, so you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 to 46 H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, one. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. All right, guys, we are back with Dr. Becca Levy, PhD, and we're talking about her new book, Breaking the Age Code, how your beliefs about aging determine how long and well you live. Dr. Levy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to join you. You're kind of a gangster. Um, Yale, Harvard, you've testified to the Senate. You've contributed to briefs with the Supreme Court about age discrimination. You've participated in United Nations discussions on ageism. I mean, um, wow, your parents must be proud, huh? Holy (laughs) cow, lady. Um, Can you first jump in on yourself? I want to know a little bit about you. Like, how did you get into this field Why are you passionate about it? Because, I mean, what a list of accomplishments, my goodness. Oh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Yeah, I feel like I've had some great opportunities. And um, yes, so why am I passionate about this topic? So I first became interested in this question of whether age beliefs that exist in a culture can have an impact on our aging health. Um, When I was in graduate school and I had the opportunity to go to Japan on a fellowship 
And the goal of my time there was to try to understand why it is that Japan has the longest lifespan in the world. And in particular, if there are aspects of the culture that may show us something about how we can bring about some of that positive benefit for aging health. Um, so when I arrived, the first thing that I noticed was how differently older people are treated in Japan from what oh I was God. used to. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. at the time I was living in Boston and I was used to seeing a lot of examples of ageism. And I immediately noticed how older people were celebrated on TV, centenarians and super centenarians who are 110 and older were treated like rock stars and wow. celebrities. And they have a national holiday that celebrates older people. So I became really interested in whether it's possible that these age beliefs that exist in a culture can directly impact our aging health. And that led to a series of studies to try to understand if that is actually the case. And I, I have found support in a number of different ways for, for that finding. You know, I, I approach age very, you know, like a trainer, obviously, right? I'm like, what foods are the blue zones people eating? And what, what are the, what are the, what's the macronutrient ratio? And what type of exercise is best for longevity? And I'm always looking at it from that perspective. But your book is the first book that I have ever read, which has incorporated this component of age beliefs. So, when you talk about age beliefs, it's, there sounds like there's two components, right? It's, it's culturally what the culture believes about it. And then there's, I'm guessing what you believe about it are there, or, or, or am I missing the whole sort of idea? Yeah. So you're totally right. So these age beliefs come from our culture, come from our society. And we know that different cultures have very different ways that they generate these age beliefs or the meaning that they give to aging. But we take in those age beliefs starting as young as age three and from a number of different factors. And what I've found in my research is that these messages, they're taken internalized. Age, they're internalized, they're reinforced oh. over time. And then they wow. become, as we become older, they, they start to get targeted and, um, and they become sort of catalysts to bring about all these health changes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So- so essentially you're saying they become synonymous, right? Like what the culture believes, then you internalize and, and play out in your own life. So what do you do if you're living in a culture that doesn't respect people who are older, right? I mean, I would have to say that in America, because obviously this is where I live, but I can't, I mean, you're so disrespected as you age, you're pushed aside, you're considered you know, like you're going to have this slow descent into decrepitude that you're, you're no longer relevant. There's no respect for wisdom. Um, what, what do you do if that is your culture? Because there's no way I can go out and change the mind of a 20 year old as much as I'd like to, you know, or the mind of a 13 year old for that matter. Like, Oh, you need to respect your elders. <laughs> it's what do you, what do you, you can't change the belief of a culture. You can only change your own mind. So, so how do you go forward from there? Yes. Yeah, so that's a great observation. And I think you're right that there are a lot of negative messages in our culture about aging. Um, but I don't think they're 
so ideally we'd get rid of those messages. So I think right. we can bring about sort of structural change in, in the way that older people are presented because we know some cultures do present much more positive um, beliefs about aging. But until that happens, I think we can, fortunately, there are tools that we can take on that even in a culture that has these negative messages, there's a lot of things that we can do to screen out those messages, question those messages, and actually strengthen the positive age beliefs. So there are things that no matter where we are, no matter what age we are, we can take on some of these tools that can really bring about some positive change in the beliefs. And then those can in turn bring about changes in health. Okay, so let's look at some of the, some of the worst, right? Like what are the most... I want to say like corrosive, dangerous, deadly age beliefs. And where do you see, sorry to ask you this, but what, what cultures do you see them um, being the most prevalent in? Right. So that's a good question. And in, in the book and breaking the age code, I present 14 of the most common negative age beliefs. And, um, and then I present the counter or the, the science, which shows why they're not true. And, and a lot of the science actually shows some of the strengths of aging that is sort of the, that is the counter to the, to the negative um, age stereotypes that, that are so common, but perhaps the most common negative belief about aging in our culture is the idea that cognition inevitably declines in all older people. And, uh, but we know from the science that that is just not true. We know there's a lot of different types of cognition. So some of them, some of the types actually stay the same. So things like riding a bike, you know, procedural memory and other things improve in later life. So the ability to learn new vocabulary, the ability to solve interpersonal conflicts. So there's a number of strengths that increase in later life. And then we also know that there are a number of older people who show fantastic memory in later life. So for example, in writing the book, one of the, the things I really enjoyed was talking to people and um, le- learning about these inspiring um, older uh, older persons. And for example, I was able to talk to this 84-year-old actor who took on the memory feat of trying to memorize a 60,000-word poem. And he, one of the ways he actually was able to successfully do this was he had his own positive age belief that he thought about. So he thought about this cellist who played beautiful music in his seventies and eighties and even early nineties. And so he thought of this image of this successful aging older person, and that inspired him and motivated him to take on this fantastic memory task. And he, he did a great job. He performed it over a couple of days and had a lot of people who came to, to hear his poetry recitation. So I think there are a lot of examples of people who are able to overcome these negative age messages and actually really succeed. That's fascinating because I, I actually did believe that that would be an inevitability over time, but I, I never stopped to think about it from all the angles you mentioned. And then you end up developing a host of other skills that for some reason, I, I did not really make that connection of cognitive function and awareness. I, I, I didn't, I don't know why I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sharp with things like this. I mean, I, I'm very interested in this category of wellness. So of the 14, that's one, what would be the two other, like most offensive Right. So one, another example would be that older workers um, 
or don't make valuable contributions in the workplace. And that I think is a really pernicious, harmful stereotype because I think it's led to to a lot of terrible cases of age discrimination in the workplace. So we know about two thirds of older workers report experiencing ageism in the workplace. And what's particularly upsetting about that negative belief about aging is again, it's there's a lot of research to show that that's just not the case. So we know that older workers often make very valuable contributions to teams. So teams that include older workers actually are often more innovative and productive than teams that don't. And we know that there are a lot of examples of older workers who um, are actually have a greater attendance rate and greater co contributions in a number of different ways. So, um, so that again is another, another negative message that has some really harmful impacts on us. Um, and then an, a, a third one would be, um, there's a stereotype that older people do not contribute to society. So there, that's kind of a message that's come up in a number of different like advertisements, for example, and trying to get support for certain kind of politicians and, and such. And again, there's just a lot of research that shows that older people, if anything, they become more generative. So as we get older, we tend to want to, we, our motivations change from being more self-centered to wanting to help others and to make a contribution to society. So there's there's all the, there's a science that really shows that it's actually the opposite, that there's a strength of contributing to society that increases. Um, so I think it's really important that we strengthen those ideas and um, let people know about, about them so they can think about them when they encounter those negative stereotypes. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate. So you, you think like, all right, I've got an older politician, for example. Um, and, and I got to admit, I, you're making me think like I did want, I was like, I would love somebody a little, a little younger, a little, a little more kind of current than you know, then, then, then the options I felt that we had, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be political, but I did like the idea of the younger candidate at this point. And, um, I, I thought I want somebody that's a bit more kind of progressive and I'll, I'm not, again, not trying to be political, but when I look at Biden, I'm like, listen, I get that he's got Kamala with him now, but this is a guy that eulogized Strom Thurmond. But do you think there's something to be said about, well, you're just not with it. You know, you don't know the way the world works. Like it's, you know, times are changing and things are modernizing and, and you're out of the loop. Is that is because I mean, I know that my kid feels that way <laughs> about me and some of my ideas. And it's like, oh, mom, you're so old school. It's like, what? I mean, the way she sees the world and it's it is tough for me to wrap my head around you know, you know, there's 70 genders. What? Are you, <laughs> and that is how my, my kid just sees the world. And she thinks I'm a dinosaur because I don't, I didn't grow up like that. Do you think there's something to be said for that? Or like, is there a balance where these two worlds, a younger generation and an older generation can co-contribute to make the best solutions? Yes. So I definitely think that's the case. So I think the best possible scenario is that the generations are working together to, to you know, make an, a more age-just society. But I, I think also we know that as we get older, as we people become 
um, they don't actually become more homogenous. They actually become more different from each other. So this increasing diversity as people get older. So there are just a you know a whole range of political spectrum um, at any age. And so I think you can find very progressive thinking, uh, you know, older people in, um, as, as well. But, you know, and I think what you're talking about also with this generational divide is it's is, huge it's so it important. really is it's so important it's like, yeah yeah I mean and I do it and my kid does it to me and it's funny because I know better and yet I, I definitely when you mentioned political candidates I was like oh shit yes but I also know that I bring so much wisdom and so many life lessons I was actually thinking ironically last night I was like god I the things that I've been through in my life, I want to write a book called what I know now and market it only to 20 year olds. Like <laughs> don't, don't do this and don't make this mistake and don't make that mistake. Right. But, right. You know, you definitely do have that, that thing of like that generational bias. Right. And it's a right. big deal. And it I mean, is, you, talk, yeah. you talk about social media and I imagine that that that's gotta be one of the worst things out there with it. Right, right. What's to me really exciting about the research that I've been conducting is that we know that at any age, people can change their age beliefs. So they're not set in stone. It's not that we necessarily have all this baggage that we can't overcome. We know from the tools that at any age, even um, so a lot of our research we conduct on computers and even some older people who've like never used a computer before, never, you know, been on social media, but we're still, they're still able to learn these skills and able to make a, a change and positive, a positive change in their age beliefs, which can bring about benefits for their health. Well, all right, we got to take a quick break, but you bring up the, those age beliefs. I want to talk about the most common false beliefs um, and you talk about how our beliefs can affect our genes. I mean, that's, that's a pretty powerful thing to, to say. So if anybody can back that up with science, it's obviously going to be you. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Dr. Becca Levy talking about her new book, Breaking the Age Code. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, we are back with Dr. Becca Levy, and we're talking about her new book, Breaking the Age Code, How Your Beliefs About Aging Determine How Long and Well You Live. Um, So, all right, Doc, I mean, can your thoughts affect 
your genes? Yes. So something that I'm really interested in is how our age beliefs interact with the genes that we're born with. So we know that when you look at aging health and longevity, that about 25% is due to genes. And then 75% is due to environmental factors, including age beliefs, which we can have an impact on. And so, yes, so your interest in how genes and age beliefs come together is something that I think is fascinating. So, um, so in one research study, what we did was we looked at people who are born with a gene variant that leads them, that has, is a risk for dementia. So if, if you're born with a certain form of APOE, um, it, you're more likely to, to develop d- dementia or in all Alzheimer's disease. And so what I looked at was in this high risk group, is it possible if they take in more positive age beliefs from their culture, do we see a lowering of the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia? And what we found was that even in this high risk group, if they take in more positive age beliefs, they have a 40% reduction in their risk of developing dementia. And what we actually found was that their risk goes down to the level of people who are not don't have that risky gene. So there's this really nice interplay of even in this risky group, they they show a benefit. And also in those who don't have the risky gene, we also see the benefit. But in particular, it, it was exciting to see that there's something that these people in the high risk group can, can do as well. Okay. Is this because you, you believe something, right? And it changes your behavior. And that behavior is having this physical outcome slash impact result. So for example, you have a ton to contribute to the workplace. You don't retire. You continue working part-time, maybe even full-time. And it keeps you that much sharper mentally because you're exercising your brain more often. So I'll give you a literal example. Um, I find that women come to me and they're like, I need a workout for people that are 50, 60, whatever. And I'll say, there's no such thing as a workout for people that are 50. There's a workout for beginners. There's a workout for people that want to lose weight. There's a workout for people that have certain kinds of injuries, but they think that because they're a certain age, they need to stop jumping or stop lifting or stop. And by not doing all of that stuff, it ages them more quickly. Is it possible that these beliefs by impacting their behaviors are part of what's impacting the the physiological outcome? Yes. But what you point out or what you're asking about is something that really sort of started me in this research. So um, if I could tell you a quick story about this. So, Please. Um, so yeah. So, so when I, um, when I first started getting started in, in this uh, research, I was actually with my grandmother in a store and we were walking down an aisle. So she was this fit 75 year old and she, there was a crate that the manager had left in the store aisle, which had sharp corners and she fell over it. She got this oh. deep gash in her leg and she fell on the floor. It was really terrible. And I helped her up um, and we, I helped her leave the store and we saw the store manager in the front and we pointed out to him, we didn't want this to happen to somebody else. So we said, you know, there's this um, crate that has been left in the middle of the aisle. And instead of apologizing for it and saying, you know, I'll, I'll immediately move it. What he said was he 
he said, well, you know, she should not be pointing to my grandmother. He said, she should not be walking around this old woman. It's her fault that she fell. And it was such a terrible, rude thing that he said to her. And what was particularly awful, not just the words, but I saw the immediate impact that it had on her. So she, I think, felt diminished as, as an older woman. She felt oh. um, she reduced her healthy behavior. So she didn't exercise over the, oh the next God. few weeks. And it was just, so this negative message I noticed sort of immediately had an impact on her, you know, her psych psychology, how she thought about herself, her health behaviors. So she didn't want to go exercise. And also in the research, what I found is it can also impact our physiology. So our, our cortisol level. And so, you know, fortunately my oh grandmother my God, of course. got better, yes, but you know, course. and she, and her leg healed it. and she was able to, you know, to, to overcome this, this awful um, incident, but yeah, but the messages are just so prominent in our culture and can really impact us in, in these many different ways. You, you talk about successful aging. Does that mean the obvious, right? Live to a hundred and be as vital as possible? Or what does that mean when it comes to breaking the age code? Yeah. So that's a good question. So I think it's a combination of the individual and their community. So I think we know on an individual level that people can find ways to bring about meaning and purpose. And that was one of the things I, as, as I mentioned, I really enjoyed in, in writing the book was to learn about different examples. So everybody from like Mel Brooks is somebody that I write about who in later life has taken on, you know, he's just written this great memoir and he's found ways to bring comedy in many different ways of being, um, being creative in later life, you know, so there's, or it could be as simple as somebody might find working in their garden and that brings about the sense of meaning and purpose and sharing that with others. Um, but at the same time, I think it's really important that we develop a community that supports positive age beliefs in different kinds of ways. And in, in writing the book, for example, um, I came across this one community that I was really excited to learn about. So there's this place in Zimbabwe that um, there's this group of grandmothers that have taken on this task of becoming um, shepherds of positive mental health change in something they call the friendship bench. And so one of the reasons I think that the grandmothers, uh, and they've been extremely successful in, the, in their um, work in trying to improve mental health. And what they do is they actually meet people of different ages on these benches and talk to them about their problems and come up and they really listen and come up with some solutions for them. And what it, we've, um, and I think one of the reasons it's so successful is because the community really values the, the older women, the older members of the, of the culture, and they have positive age beliefs about them. And they, they in turn find ways to support the community and they elevate views of, of, of aging as well by the great work that they do. So there's this great back and forth between their work and the beliefs of the culture and then their own beliefs. Sure. And, then, and then they have health benefits as well. So there's this cycle of back and forth which can be you know, just great for everybody. Uh, you know, you look at different cultures, like Native Americans would always like their elders. There was so much respect, especially when you think about the wisdom. Yet, I really, I have to say, I have found in our society, it's getting so much worse. It does leave you feeling a bit, honestly, like, you're missing something at this stage in your life because you kind of feel like I got all this way and now it's my job to turn around, right? And pay it forward and teach like the people coming up behind me, all the things that I learned and know and give them these opportunities 
on a platform maybe that I've built. And some are really excited about it, but the majority aren't. It sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It and sucks. It's, it's kind of heartbreaking. Bye. But what I found in my, so one of the things I, I really enjoy doing is I get to teach these bright young people at, right. at the school of public health where I, where I work. And what I find is that most of them, they start the semester, they have no idea what age beliefs are. They have no idea about the ageism that can exist in our culture. And, you know, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is that we live in a really age segregated society. So we've gone from being one of the most age integrated countries to the, one of the most age, um, age segregated societies. That's and then so I think, true. and yeah. then I think also we know that structural ageism is so embedded in our culture that it's hard to observe unless we develop the skills to actually see it. But I, I find in my class that they start the semester just not knowing about it, but by the end of the semester, when they learn the skills, they start to observe how ageism operates in society. They learn the importance of intergenerational activities. And by the end of the semester, they are really upset about ageism. And they, a lot of them want to go forward and find ways to become part of, you know, an age liberation movement and actually wow. reduce the, the amount of ageism. And, you know, we know young people have been very active in some current um, social movements. And I think they have a role in, in working as allies to try to bring about, you know, social change and bring about an age just society. What would you say are the best practices that you recommend to slow aging and encourage aging well? So it, it's really important to think about these age beliefs and the way to strengthen them because we know they operate as sort of a lens that can impact health behaviors and exercise and, and eating. So it's, it's um, in the book, I describe it as sort of an upstream factor that can influence some of the downstream factors, which include lowering stress and, and taking on positive health behaviors. And that in turn can lead to um, health benefits, you know, sustained health benefits. Um, but in terms of what we can actually do to bring about, about some of these changes. So in the book, I present about 15 evidence-based tools that people can take on right away and actually bring about change in their, um, in their age beliefs. So strengthen the positive ones and, and reduce some of the negative age beliefs. Are there any habits that you practice daily? I mean, you're, you're living this life, you're educating younger people, you're out there, you know, with a purpose, telling everybody how to live their longest, best life. But are there any rituals that you just on that very literal sense of like, I have green tea every morning. Like I know that's yeah. not the, the point, but I'm just curious from your perspective, do you have any rituals you stick with that you just, you never skip or you, you, you're religious about? Yeah. I mean, so something that I try to practice that's, that's in the book is something I call like the ABC method, which is how to, on a daily basis, try to strengthen the positive age beliefs um, and reduce negative age beliefs. So something that, um, that I have found is, is really helpful is something to increase awareness. And I, I find that I do this in, in myself as, as well. And something that, um, that I talk about is age belief journaling, which is, mm. so for one week, I, I suggest that um, people write down any portrayal of older people that they see, could be in social media, could be watching their, you know, film on Netflix, could be overhearing a conversation, you know, in the coffee shop you talked about, about when somebody's talking about aging. So it would be <laughs> writing about, writing about each of those messages and then 
writing, whether it's a positive portrayal or a negative portrayal. Um, and then also marking whether older people are absent from something that you're observing. So if you watch a show and everybody's under the age of 25, then write that down and say, this show doesn't have a representation of older people. And then I've, I found that at the end of the week, you can tally up the number of positive portrayals and the number of negative portrayals and the number of times older people are left out of conversations. And then with the negative portrayals, take a moment and think about, okay, well, how was that person portrayed? And you know, is there a, another way that they, they could have been portrayed? Is there some positive strengths about aging? So when they showed this principal, this cranky principal who's you know, being right. made fun out of on the show. Yes. Could there have been some yes. strength that they brought to the situation? Did it have to be that portrayal? So, so, and I try to do that in my daily life. So when I'm watching things and also with, with um, I, that's something I did with my kids when they were growing up, I tried to give them the skills to become active monitors of some of these messages. Honestly, I love, I love the work you're doing. It's so important. And I, I feel it more than ever as I'm getting older with every year. It, you know, it, you, you feel it, you're watching your parents age. You know where that's going. You're seeing the way the world is treating them and it's heartbreaking. And then I see the disconnect with the younger generation of my kids and their friends and even young kids I want to mentor. And we need a book like this more than ever to bring us together as well. Honestly, not just to age better, but to make us feel more connected and less at odds with each other. It's crazy. It's always something that's like, if it's not, if it's not gay and straight, it's black and white. If it's not that it's young and it's old, you know, we, we need this book more than ever right now to help us unite and understand each other. And I think it's fantastic, which I'm sure many others do as well. And it is available everywhere right now, guys, breaking the age code, how your beliefs about aging determine how long and well you live, read it for yourself, read it to teach your kids, read it for your parents. And doc, where can we get more from you other than the book? Oh, thank you. Yes. And so actually I just put up a website if people are interested that has a quiz that people can explore their own age beliefs. Um, and it's at becca-levy.com. So that's another way that people can find out more about the research and find out how their own thinking about aging is, is happening right now. That's fantastic. And we will have that in the show notes for you guys. Dr. Levy, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. It was a real pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks. All right, guys, we want you to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with our life-changing and life-saving information. So on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, click that subscribe button.